your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 744 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And the Rangers, of course, last night, Thursday night, posting a pretty impressive 4-1 to road victory against the Montreal Canadiens. A pretty complete win for the Rangers. One of those games where you never really felt like they were in danger of losing it. It took them a while to really step on the gas and really get things going as far as creating quality scoring chances is concerned. But I thought defensively, uh, they were sharp for the entire 60 minutes and really gave the Canadians just about nothing in this game in the way of scoring opportunities. The Canadians only had four shots in the first period, seven in the second, seven in the third period. So the Rangers really locked them down, and whenever they actually did get a decent scoring opportunity or two, uh, Yaroslav Halak thwarted them far more often than not. He allows uh, just one goal on the 18 shots by the Canadians. So we're certainly going to talk about a strong performance from Yaroslav Halak and uh, his ability to turn his season around after, you know, I think a lot of Ranger fans were really panicking based on what they saw from Halak early in the season. So we'll talk about uh, Halak. Uh, also want to break down some of the goals that the Rangers scored. The Rangers have been scoring a lot of goals that are sort of the just shoot the puck variety, and there were at least two of them in this game as well. So we'll talk about that. Also going to talk about Philip Hedl and his recent strong play. Uh, somebody who's becoming a very uh, popular player among fans and also a very important uh, member of this Ranger roster. And also going to talk about Igor Shosturkin making the all-star team. But we will start with the other goalie on the New York Rangers. That's Yaroslav Halak. Uh, I guess you can sort of maybe call this a revenge game. Yaroslav Halak uh, played for the Montreal Canadiens from 2007 to 2010. And he was traded, but by that same token, you know, the Canadians had Carey Price. So I don't know how mad you can get about that if you're Yaroslav Halak. But either way, you know, he's back in his old stomping grounds here. Halak's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. And I will say, going into this game, I wasn't really expecting this. I wasn't really expecting Yaroslav Halak to draw the start in this one. It just didn't really feel necessary. If you include today, Friday, where the Rangers obviously do not play, uh, the Rangers are going to play just three games over the course of nine days. So you could pretty much ride Igor until the wheels fall off. It's not like the schedule is that dense over uh, this week and a half time period here. Uh, but then again, you know, you do have to get Yaroslav Halak a game sooner or later. Uh, I don't think it's ideal to have him sit around for, you know, two weeks or potentially even more without seeing the ice. It's just going to be hard to you know, keep him sharp if that's how infrequently you're going to use him. Um, but the other thing, you know, a couple of reasons why this does make some sense. I mean, first of all, what I just said there, but also the fact that, you know, the Rangers, they play the Canadians here. The Canadians, frankly, are just not very good. They had lost five in a row coming into this one. And then after this, uh, the Rangers' next game will be at the Devils on Saturday. You certainly want Igor Shesterkin in net for that one. And then the two games following that will be home against the Wild, home against the Stars, two of the better teams in the Western Conference. So if you dig a little bit deeper here, you can kind of see the the reasoning why uh, Yaroslav Halak would get the start in this game. And also just the very simple fact that uh, Halak has played a lot better recently. He's coming off of uh, two strong starts before this one. 
And uh, we'll kind of highlight this recent three-game stretch for Halak in just a second. But as for this game, you know, again, really, really good game. Uh, he stopped 17 of 18 shots. And something that was interesting, and I alluded to this just a second ago, but Halak stopped, uh, again, 17 of 18 shots, but he did not face a single shot on goal until about 17 minutes into the first period. And on one hand, I mean, that's a pretty easy night for your netminder when you're going that long without having to do a whole lot and in general only facing 18 shots on goal the entire night. But on the other hand, you know, if you're a goalie and you're in a game and the game is just going and going and going and you're not getting any action whatsoever, I think sooner or later you want to get into the action. You want to, you know, start to get loose a little bit, feel like you're into the game, part of the flow of the game. When you're going, I mean, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 17 minutes without seeing a single shot on net, I mean, you have to be starting to get at least a little bit anxious, I would imagine. Probably a veteran goalie like Halak, who's been around for a while, played for a bunch of teams, has played in probably every kind of game you can imagine. He can probably handle that a little bit better than maybe a young, inexperienced goalie in the NHL. But be that as it may, you know, I think sooner or later, you, you want to face a couple of shots. So for him to not face any shots for 17 minutes and then play very well uh, despite that and, you know, jump right into the game as soon as uh, the shots finally start coming on net, uh, that's impressive in its own right. You know, is it as impressive? is, you know, stopping 52 of 53 shots. No, but again, when you go long, long periods in this game of, of not seeing any action whatsoever, but then the action does come your way and you're still ready to make the saves, uh, that's impressive, like I said, uh, in its own special way. And uh, for what it's worth, uh, Yaroslav Halak also received the Broadway hat once this game was over. So good night for Yaroslav Halak. And as far as a couple of uh, his better saves on the night, yeah, Dadanoff, this is actually the first shot on net of the game for the Canadians. Strong drive to the net, and uh, Halak, you know, basically just makes a point-blank save there and uh, obviously keeps the game scoreless at that point. Then in the second period, a uh, pretty crazy sequence here. You had the Rangers shorthanded because uh, Kravtsov had taken a too-many-men penalty. What happened was Kravtsov was going off the ice, and the puck basically came right to him, and I, I think instinctively he just kind of kicked it along. But by that point... Jimmy Vesey had already jumped over the boards and onto the ice. And when Vesey saw Kravtsov uh, playing the puck, it was kind of funny because he basically like threw himself back over the boards to try to get out of play and avoid the too many men penalty. But uh, no such luck. They called it. And then uh, the Canadians, couple chances on the man advantage here. The Rangers, by the way, have the number three penalty kill on the road right now. Um, but uh, Halak makes a really nice left pad save on a shot from the slot. This was maybe his best save of the entire evening. And what a big save it was because it kept the game scoreless and set the Rangers up to score a shorthanded goal. Because you never know. Listen, if the Canadians score on the power play here, maybe the entire complexion of the game changes a little bit. They've got the lead. They're at home. The crowd's probably into it. Maybe they start to feel a little bit better. It's a team that's obviously been floundering lately. You never know how something like that uh, can affect the game. Now, it's also possible that they score that goal and the Rangers win this game 4-2 to two instead of 4-1. to one. But again, you just never know for sure, you know, how a goal in that situation is going to affect everything. But Halak made a big-time save there, and the Rangers go the opposite way. Kreider ends up uh, with a breakaway. It ends up being an unassisted goal. Fakes uh, going across uh, the crease there and instead just, uh, you know, slams his shot into the, uh, the, the near side there inside the post. Fifth shorthanded goal of the season for the Rangers, second for Kreider, and that was actually uh, the first shorthanded goal allowed by the Canadians this season. They were the last team in the NHL uh, to not allow a shorty, but the Rangers, of course, uh, took care of that situation. And it's crazy. I'll, I'm not 
somebody that needs to like come on here and be like, oh, I called this, I call that. But I will say, I said not too long ago, uh, a couple episodes ago, that Kreider and Mika were due to link up for a shorthanded goal. Just because they've been really close recently. Rangers have uh, created a couple of opportunities while shorthanded in some recent games. And Mika didn't really have anything to do with this one. He was on the ice. Uh, but at least Kreider got the shorthanded goal here. And then a little bit later in the game, they almost linked up for another one. You had Mika uh, with a centering pass to Kreider. And Kreider went in behind the defense and a slashing penalty on the Canadians. Not sure how this didn't end up being a penalty shot for the Rangers because Kreider was in the clear there. Uh, but nice to see the Rangers, you know, again, not only killing off penalties, but actually creating some offense while they're shorthanded. And in this case, of course, uh, Kreider comes through in the clutch, gives the Rangers a one to nothing lead. Uh, but back to Halak here as far as his greatest hits. Third period, another really nice save while the Rangers were shorthanded. Thought he might actually end up getting the shutout here, which would have been nice. He obviously started the season uh, in rough fashion, but the Canadians broke through with about five minutes and change to go. But it is nice to see Yaroslav Halak turning his season around here as, you know, the veteran backup Ranger goalie. I realize there still might be some Ranger fans that aren't sold on Halak, don't really trust him in spots like this. And, you know, that's somewhat understandable based on how he started the season with six consecutive losses, but I think even the Halak naysayers, you got to be feeling at least a little bit better at this point when you see what he's done over these last handful of games here, the last three starts that he's had. Uh, from most recent to least recent, Halak in his last three games has defeated the Canadians, the Panthers, and the Flyers. All three of those games were on the road, and in that time, he has stopped 78 of 85 shots, and he's now 4-6-1, save percentage of 896, goals against average of 285. Not great numbers, but they are all at least uh, trending in the right direction, as is Yaroslav Halak himself. So uh, definitely nice to see him kind of find his game, stick with it, hang in there on a new team, and, uh, you know, play some good hockey and, and get some wins uh, for the Rangers. Um, but we got a lot more to do. Got to talk about Igor Shesterkin making the all-star team. Uh, also want to break down a couple of these goals that the Rangers scored. We just took care of the Kreider shorthanded goal, but want to talk about the other three and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. And we will do all that good stuff in just a second. But first, I just got to let everybody know this today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Bilt Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat healthier this year. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then the thing for you is Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? For starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right, 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam Sam's Club... Run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. BuiltBar.com and now available at Walmart and Sam's. All right, so just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as I mentioned just a second ago, 
want to go ahead and uh, break down these uh, three other Ranger goals that were scored. We talked about the Chris Kreider shorty while we were breaking down Yaroslav Halak's big night. And uh, the Rangers did get a little bit of a break here. He had a two-on-one for the Canadians, and Druin rings his shot off the post. But I will say, other than that brief, you know, rush into the zone by the Canadians, the Rangers in the second period, even before they started scoring goals here, and of course, they already got the, the one from Kreider, but for the second period... And the game as a whole, but I think especially in the second period, the rink was absolutely tilted in the Rangers' favor, uh, doing a lot of work in the offensive zone, and it eventually pays off. You got Panarin making a pass back to Braden Schneider. Uh, Schneider lets it fly from the blue line, goes top shelf, and scores. Vincent Trocek was there in front of the net, but this was Schneider's goal. Uh, Trocek did not make any uh, contact there. And another stat that you'll probably find interesting here is that uh, the Ranger defenseman now and they said this on the broadcast, now up to number two in the league as far as most points uh, from the unit of defensemen on any given team. And obviously, Fox helps out quite a bit there because he's a point-per-game defenseman. Uh, but the Ranger D-men, you know, whether it's Schneider, whether it's Keandre Miller, even Truba a little bit recently, chipping in a little bit more offensively, getting on the score sheet a little bit more often than certainly they were at the start of the season. So that's been really, really nice to see. As far as the Ranger... Third goal, we didn't have to wait too long, just 59 seconds uh, to be exact. You had Filipino getting a semi-breakaway, not able to convert there, but then you've got the puck along the boards, VZ going to work there and keeping the play alive. Puck goes around the net to the other side to Lindgren, and Lindgren from the boards makes a short pass to Filipino. Heels in the left circle, just lets it fly, scores 3 to nothing. And as I mentioned earlier, the Rangers... In recent games, scoring goals on a lot of the uh, just shoot the puck variety, you know, they, they've kind of been having this shoot first mentality recently. There was one exception to that early in this game in the first period. Kako went right up the center of the ice, had a great opportunity to score, tried to force a pass that wasn't really there. Uh, but other than that, I think the Rangers, you know, in this game and in recent games, certainly Panarin recently, a lot of guys with that shoot first mentality and it's paying off for the Rangers. Uh, the second and third goals here, you know, again, it just comes as a result of the Rangers being uh, ready, willing, and able to throw the puck at the net and take their chances, and uh, both Schneider and Hedl scoring as a result of doing so. So that's awesome to see. And as far as uh, the final goal, we might as well go ahead and uh, talk about this as well. Philip Hedl with his second goal of the contest. Uh, the Canadians took a penalty, which is 2.32 to go. Uh, Ryan Lindgren was shaken up on the bench because Armia had just cross-checked him in the back for no reason. Uh, haven't heard anything about Lindgren, but hopefully he's all right going forward. I mean, you know, if, if that guy's breathing, he's basically going to be on the ice. I mean, that that's basically how it goes with Ryan Lindgren. You know if he sits out that it's something serious, but we've talked on here about how important he is for this team, and obviously we don't want to see him uh, miss any time, that is for sure. But uh, he draws the penalty there by, once again, getting cross-checked in the back. And then the Rangers are on the power play. Canadians are down by two goals. They have to pull their goalie to get to five on five. And Fox makes a pass out of the Rangers zone up to Philip Heedle. Heels right around the Montreal blue line and just shoots it into the empty net and scores with 110 remaining to make the score four to one and uh, seal the win for the Rangers. But second straight multi-point game for Heedle, uh, two goals in this one. He had a goal and an assist in the preceding game. And, you know, two of the goals are empty netters, but you know what? They all count. And nice to see Philip Heedle. Uh, being opportunistic and even being trusted to be on the ice in situations like that with the Rangers, you know, I mean, maybe not so much in this game because the Rangers were up by two goals, but he was on the ice uh, in the last game with the Rangers only up by one goal uh, late in the game. So obviously he's earning some more trust from the coaching staff. 
And for somebody that uh, has been under the weather, at least he was under the weather in the last game, uh, that's pretty impressive when you're not feeling so great and you still have four points in your last two games. And uh, Gerard Gallant, for his part, uh, mentioned that 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 was the reason for, uh, or mostly the reason for Philip Heedle and Barclay Goodrow flip-flopping in the most recent game, yet Heedle dropping down to the fourth line, Goodrow moving up to the third line. Gallant mentioned that uh, Heedle was a little bit under the weather and, you know, maybe didn't have all of his energy, so that's why that change was made. And Philip Heedle, uh, predictably back in his... uh, third line center role for this game. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. want to talk about Igor Shesterkin uh, making the all-star team. Also want to talk about the Rangers calling up Gustav Riedal. A couple other things as well, and we will do all that in just a second. All right, so Igor Shesterkin, as we just mentioned, is an all-star this season. He is the Ranger representative. I'll get into the way that they choose players to the all-star game. It's a little bit odd. Um, I think there might be better ways to do it, but it's interesting because Sam Rosen, uh, during the game, said that this was Igor Shesterkin's first time making the All-Star team. The on-screen graphic said that this was Igor's second time making the All-Star team, and Sam then, quote-unquote, corrected himself and said this is his second time making it. Even though Sam was right the first time, uh, this is Igor Shesterkin's first time making an All-Star team. Uh, It was highway robbery that Igor did not make it last season. Now, he was recognized at the end of last year as far as being a member of the NHL's uh, first team, and that's basically just what it sounds like. It's the best players in the league, you know, the best center, the best left wing, the best right wing, the best left defenseman, the best right defenseman, and the best goalie. There's six members, one for every position, and then you have the NHL's uh, second all-star team, which is the same thing, the next six best players at every position. So maybe that's where the confusion came from, and maybe that's why, you know, whoever did the on-screen graphics uh, believe that Igor had made the All-Star team in the past. But yeah, no, if you can believe this, I- Igor did not make the All-Star team. He technically did not make the All-Star team uh, last season, despite uh, having one of the uh, best seasons that we've ever seen from a goalie. It was highway robbery when it happened. Um, but part of the reason for that is the way they do it is, you know, there's four All-Star teams, one for every division. And Every team needs to have at least one representative, and that's kind of where we are in the process right now. So the Metro, there's one uh, player from all eight teams, and in fact, I have it in my phone here, so I might as well just go ahead and read it for you guys. Obviously, Igor Shesterkin uh, for the Rangers. You've also got Sidney Crosby, Johnny Gaudreau, Kevin Hayes, Jack Hughes, Brock Nelson, Alex Ovechkin, and Andrei Svechnikov. So that's your eight players for the uh, the Metro division so far, and then there will be three more players eventually voted in. I'd like to think that, you know, Adam Fox will get some consideration, maybe Panarin, maybe Mika Zibanejad, but we shall see how that whole thing uh, plays out there. But just kind of a, a little bit of an odd way as far as how they do this. But, you know, this year, once again, Igor Shesterkin makes the all-star team despite the fact that uh, his numbers were better last year across the board. But Igor's still very, very deserving, obviously having a very nice season for the Rangers. He's got a record of 18-6-5, a save percentage of 9-17, and a goals against average of 2.43 to go along with one shutout. And again, all great numbers, but it's just the ultimate irony that last year, an historically phenomenal season for Igor Shesterkin for any goalie, and he does not make the team, and then this year he does. But uh, I suppose uh, they're they're making up for it here. Although, you know, honestly, regardless of what happened last year, he's more than worthy of being on the All-Star team this year as well. And as far as the other three players that get in in the Metro Division, we'll look to see uh, how that shakes out in the coming days here uh, whenever the polls close there. So 
I'm going to keep everything moving along here, change gears a little bit. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Gustav Riedahl. He was called up by the New York Rangers from the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, part of the reason for this, Johnny Brodzinski's wife went into labor yesterday, and I haven't really seen any update there, but obviously uh, all our best wishes to the Brodzinski family and hope everything's good there. Um, but obviously, Brodzinski was not going to be available for that game last night. Uh, Riedahl, for anybody that needs a little bit of a refresher, he signed a one-year deal with the Rangers in the offseason. Uh, they signed him out of the SHL. And in the preseason, Riedahl, you know, played pretty well, looked pretty good whenever he was out there. But Ryan Carpenter beat out Riedahl for the fourth-line center job at the start of the season. The Rangers admitted that part of the reason for that was because they knew that they could send Gustav Riedahl to the minors without exposing him to waivers, whereas with Carpenter, uh, he would have to pass through waivers. So they didn't really want to do that. Now, as fate would have it, Carpenter, you know, handful of games into the season, he ends up getting uh, sent to the AHL anyway, had to pass through waivers, and he did, uh, but he's now in the AHL. Unfortunately for Riedahl, though, when they sent uh, when they sent Carpenter to the minors, Johnny Brodzinski was the guy that got the call up to the Rangers, and, and Brodzinski's done okay in his uh, fourth-line role, um, but Riedahl obviously still waiting for his opportunity, and we'll see if he ends up getting it here in one of the upcoming games. I mean, he is on the Ranger roster now, and he was actually on the ice uh, during the pregame skate, so uh, getting his feet wet a little bit, I suppose, but you know, as far as Riedahl is concerned, his player profile, 27-year-old center. Uh, he has skated in 24 games at the Hartford Wolfpack this season, four goals, five assists, and he is a plus two. And uh, again, we'll, we'll see if he ends up getting his opportunity. I don't know if it'll happen in the next game because it's a big-time, important game against the New Jersey Devils. Obviously, a rivalry game, a divisional matchup, and they're neck and neck in the standings. So I don't know if they would just throw him out there in a game like that. It's at least possible. You know, do you take Sammy Blay out of the lineup to to make room for Riedahl? Uh It's something that they could do. Maybe Gautier sits. Uh, we shall see there. Um, but if, if Riedahl goes in, you'd have to imagine that he would be at center on the fourth line, and Barclay Goodrow would move to one of the wings uh, to accommodate you know Riedahl being into the lineup. But we'll see. I would my my inkling would be that it won't happen because the Rangers are hot lately and coaches don't like to mess with the lineup that much after you know a win much less a handful of wins in a row so uh, we will see we will see if Riedel eventually uh, slots in there or not or Johnny Brodzinski could even be back uh, I haven't heard any update there either but one quote from Chris Knobloch the Hartford Wolfpack uh, coach who has obviously coached Riedel this season uh, he mentioned that uh, Riedel is somebody who gets better every day he also called him one of the best skaters in the AHL, and uh, he also put over his work on the penalty kill as well as um, him becoming kind of a go-to guy when it comes to defensive zone draws. So there's some things to like for Riedahl. Always a little bit of an unknown until, you know, they get into the NHL and they get in there into a game and, you know, you see how they fare. But uh, an intriguing player for sure, and we'll see if he eventually uh, makes his Ranger debut either in the next one or somewhere down the road uh, this season. And then the other thing, I, I mentioned this briefly a second ago, but Philip Heedle, once again, was ill in the most recent game. And again, you got to give props to somebody who uh, can get four points when they're a little bit under the, under the weather, excuse me. Um, a couple other things I wanted to mention here before we call it a day. Um, you know, for a place that's usually pretty loud, Montreal and, and kind of crazy, thought they were a little bit quiet for this game. And I've been mentioning this recently, the Rangers last three road games at Montreal, at Florida and at Tampa, I feel like the crowds haven't really been into it. And you know, I obviously post all these episodes on YouTube, and I saw a comment, because I mentioned this in a recent episode, I saw a comment that said, well, hey, that's a good thing. You know, if you're on the road and the arena's quiet, 
Um, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. But, I mean, at the start of the game, at least, you know, give me a little bit of noise. Make me feel like I'm, I'm actually watching an NHL game. It's great when, as the game progresses, you can take, uh, you know, the road arena out of the uh, out of the equation a little bit, as the Rangers did. Um, but, yeah, for Montreal, I thought it was a little bit quiet in this game. Uh, I realize the Canadians are going through a rebuild, and they're obviously struggling recently, so that might have something to do with it. But Or maybe, you know what, maybe I'm just so used to Madison Square Garden being alive and, and you know, just the fans bringing it, making a lot of noise probably not fair for me to hold every fan base to the standard of New York Ranger fans. Am I right? So maybe that's part of it too. Uh, another stat that I have to throw out there, they put this on the screen during the postgame uh, show after this win for the Rangers. Braden Schneider, you know, I've been raving about him and how well he's played, scored a goal in this game, adding some offense to his game, big time hitter, just a really good player. And him and Ben Harper have really clicked together on that third pairing. But Braden Schneider, crazy stat here. He is now gone 22 consecutive games with a plus-minus that is either even or a plus. He has not been a minus in any of the last 22 games. And to break it down a little bit further, uh, in 13 of those 22 games, he has been an even plus-minus. In seven of those games, he is a plus-one. And in two of those games, he is a plus-two. Schneider and Harper obviously don't get as much ice time as the big four, but when they're out there, teams are not scoring goals. I mean, they, they've been a shutdown pairing. And when that's your your third pairing and your fifth and sixth defenseman, you have to feel really, really good about the blue liners going forward. I mean, Fox is Fox. We don't even have to talk about him, really. Uh, should be the, the leading candidate for the Norris this season. Uh, Ryan Lindgren has been great this season. And Truba and Miller have both, you know, kind of turned their seasons around a little bit after some just really rough starts for both of them. Um, but yeah, Schneider and Harper getting the job done, especially Schneider, and I uh, just can't wait to see him continue to develop in this league. Also, just wanted to mention the World Juniors. You've got the United States winning the bronze medal by beating Sweden 8-7 in overtime, and you had Canada winning the gold by beating Czechia 3-2 in overtime. And honestly, I was talking about the Montreal crowd a second ago. I feel like that might have been when they were the most loud that they were all night is when they would show an update from the World Juniors on the uh, the video screen there because Canada got up 2 to nothing in that game. They were cheering for that. And uh, then they scored in overtime to win the gold medal. They went nuts for that as well. But um, yeah, congratulations to the U.S. for getting the bronze. Congratulations to Sweden for making it to you know the final four. Congrats to Canada, obviously, for winning the gold. And congratulations to Czechia for winning the silver. It's always a great tournament. Always a tournament I wish I could watch a little bit more of. But when it runs hand in hand you know, with the NHL season and the Rangers, it is a little tough to, to find time to watch all those games. But uh, awesome tournament. And you can tell it really means means a lot to the players uh, that participate in it. So up next for the Rangers at the Devils on Saturday at 1 p.m. The Devils beat the Rangers earlier this season. And then the Rangers in the second matchup beat the Devils in overtime. And what was interesting is that both teams um, blew a 2 to nothing lead in each of their games. The Rangers were up 2 nothing against the Devils in the first matchup. Devils came back and won. Devils were up 2-0 in the second matchup against the Rangers. Rangers came back and won. So uh, always a crazy matchup, even when both these teams were struggling a couple of years ago and both going through their rebuilds and frankly just were not that good. It feels like there's always a big game feel with these two teams. And now that they're both, you know, getting better and improving and Devils have been in a little bit of a tailspin lately, which is fine by me. But, um, you know, th that rivalry is always alive and well, regardless of where these teams are in the standings or what's happening around them, uh, always... Uh, intense, spirited hockey, and I'm looking forward to more of the same uh, when these two teams score off on Saturday. But yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to uh, get in touch with this podcast, 
please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. A lot of the episodes premiere on YouTube, sometimes close to a full day in advance of the audio version. So if you're not subscribed, uh, definitely do so, and uh, you'll be the first to know whenever a new episode drops. Uh, But yeah, that will do it for today, guys. Thanks as always, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out the Locked On NHL Prospects Podcast, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.